You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 95. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. In our Your Stock Our Take segment, we answer a listener question on Freshy Inc., symbol F-R-I-I on the TSX, a health and wellness brand with 464 restaurants in 16 countries and more than 700 points of distribution around the world. Despite a growing restaurant network and expanded retail partnerships, the company has struggled with same-store sales growth and is trading close to all-time lows. A listener asks if the company is a potential turnaround story. Our star of the week is Interjex Renewable Energy Inc., symbol I-N-E on the TSX, a developer, owner, and operator of Run of River hydroelectric facilities, wind energy, and solar farms in North America. In a hot alternative energy space, the stock is up around 16.5% this week and 30% year-to-date. We examine what is driving the gains. Our dog of the week is Lightspeed POS Inc., symbol LSPD on the TSX, which provides an omni-channel e-commerce enabled SaaS software as a service platform for small and medium-sized businesses. The stock, which has been somewhat of a market darling after its 2019 IPO, dropped significantly after its Q3 results and 2020 financial outlook. We take a look at to see if the drop is justified or whether there is an opportunity here. Hey guys, I'd like to welcome you again this week. Uh, my co-hosts, Aaron and Brennan, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, can't complain. Good morning, guys. What about you, Aaron? How are you? Good morning. Good, good. I'm doing good. Uh, it, was, it was quite a weekend we had. We just finished the World Outlook Conference in Vancouver, so still recovering from that. It's one and a half days of pretty much nonstop talking and presenting, and but it was it was a great time. We got to meet some some current clients, some prospective clients, and some people that have, have heard us on the radio. So uh, yeah, it was just it's 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 uh, it's a great experience. Yeah, I agree. We're certainly busy. Uh, I think we started. We came into the building at about eleven forty-five. Started setting up at eleven forty-six, and from then on till about. The next day at around 5.30, we didn't stop talking. So, I mean, you can't complain. The feedback was almost universally positive, which is great. Um, it does help that we recommended nine stocks at that event this time last year. Uh, all nine were up. Uh, the average gain on the six small caps was 82% in that range, and the average gain on all nine stocks was like 74%. So... You cannot promise that every year. It sets the bar very high there, but we'll continue to look 
for the same type of companies with the same type of profile. And Aaron, in his talk, his speech up there, talked about the profile and the che- some of the check boxes or check marks we look at when we look at a company to check off. Uh, so we talked about that profile of a business that we look for. And I talked simply about, you know, the most important thing to put in your or, or for your portfolio and for your success in 2020 is what you put in your portfolio, the individual companies that you put in there. But uh, you also, you know, need to have a strategy and a plan over the year or the year to uh, 18 months to figure out how to build that portfolio. And we went through how to do that. Uh, We went through in that speech in about 10 minutes how to do that. In our DIYs, which uh, we're going to be announcing soon, our spring DIYs coming in April of this year, uh, we do a two-hour segment essentially on how to build uh, a, a simple 15 to 25 stock portfolio for clients. So look forward to that announcement. It should come out in the next several weeks. And we'll again have another series of nine uh, DIYs all across Canada, coming into some new cities, going to Montreal this time, which is great to see. So uh, we look forward to all that. And I did, uh, and I look forward, it was great to uh, have Brennan in town. Brennan is in Saskatchewan. He works for us out there and we had a couple nice days in Vancouver. So we promised him nice days and we had a couple. So it was good. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I loved, you know, just getting in front of clients and, you know, people actually coming up and saying, oh, I've heard you on the podcast with, with the boys. So, uh, you know, I was kind of tickled pink uh, when I got some good feedback <laughs> from people and people telling me I have a good radio voice. So, you know, I, I had just an all around great time. Um, I know I, I went down to work, but it doesn't feel like work when you're talking about something that you're passionate about. And, uh, and yeah, it was just an all around uh, great World Outlook conference. Yeah, it was excellent. As long as they tell you you have a radio voice and not a face for radio, then you know you're you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. good. See, I've been telling Brendan he has a lovely voice for voice for radio, and he just he didn't believe me. Yeah. But when, once the clients start saying it, it yeah. takes on a whole new meaning. And a, a star is born right there, right there. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to what we can do over the next year, and and as you said, Ryan, when with those nine recommendations up over seventy percent. We do set the bar high. I had actually somebody come up to me and and ask if we were um, stressed now because we had set the bar so high and you know trying to trying to achieve that that next year. And you know we never. I I just explained we never really um, set forward trying to necessarily get over any bar except for providing good solid quality research. And we're always out there looking for companies and applying our our investment criteria that's always worked in the past we've always been able to find great picks you know they're not going to be up 70 percent on average um every year that's that's just unrealistic but in our in my experience and and i know yours as as well ryan as long as we adhere to this criteria of, of profitability growth um and valuation then you know, we will do well over time. And that's what we focus on. Yeah. And it's that profile of businesses that you want to add to your portfolio. If you have 15 or 25 of those stocks with that profile, not everyone in that given year is going to do well. But, you know, if you hit on a few in that year and the majority is what we're looking to hit on, then you can, uh, you know, pull up your overall returns. And that's what we're looking to do. I mean, 
you give an, well, I'll give an example of we recommended Expel um, two and a half, three years ago, and we recommended it at this conference this time last year. Uh, it seems like an overnight success, but I mean, that business has been around for 20 years and we monitored them for four years, liking the business, but not necessarily liking the price. Uh, and saw an inflection point in the business and made a recommendation on them. And, you know, the recommendation still, even then it sat there for six months in the same range, which is a relatively short period of time. And then, you know, tremendous growth in earnings drove the stock price to where it is today from $1.42 to, you know, $16.5, Uh It seems like that happens overnight. But again, we're monitoring that business for four years before we even made a buy. And it happened to have, you know, finally see the value be recognized in the business over the past two and a half years, and particularly over last year. So we may have some stocks that we recommend this year that stay flat, go slightly down or are slightly up. But, uh, you know, we believe over the two to five year horizon that we really look at when we invest in a business, uh, we'll see returns that uh, beat the market. And that's what we're trying to do over the long term. So let's look at... Our first, our Your Stock, Our Take question. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, it's on. It's from Sarah, which came in via email. Freshy is a restaurant that I enjoy. It's also a public company, but I've noticed the stock is not doing well at all. I saw the revenues have increased, so what are the issues, and could it be a potential turnaround going forward, a buy low, sell high type potential stock? Well, let's look at Freshy. Freshy Inc., symbol F-R-I-I on the TSX, currently trades around $2.32, about a $75 million market cap. This business was founded in 2005. Freshy is a health and wellness brand with 464 restaurants in 16 countries and more than 700 points of distribution around the world. It has a diverse menu, fresh items, breakfast, soups, salads, wraps, bowls, burritos, frozen yogurts, juices, smoothies, all served in an eco-friendly environment. About 99% of these stores are franchised. There's 461 that are franchised and three are company owned. So let's look at the past three years and trailing 12 months results. Well, in 2016, the company had about 16.1 million in revenues. Uh, It's had decent growth to the trailing 12 months around 22.4 million. In its last quarter, we look at royalty revenue to as the most predictable and stable recurring revenues in the business. That increased 14% to 4.8 million. Same store sales growth, however, this is where we have an issue was actually down 3.7% compared to same store sales growth, which was down 0.8% in Q3 2018. Adjusted EBITDA was up 29% to 1.8 million in Q3, but we would like to see that same store sales uh, growth uptick to a positive number. Now in conclusion, Freshy has turnaround potential, but with significant management change over the last year and a new plan moving forward that is just taking, or really starting to take shape, the company is in the early innings at best of a turnaround story. And there's little evidence right now to see which way it'll go. The good news is the company starts with a solid foundation in terms of a strong balance sheet, 29 million uh, in cash in the bank, about 38% of its market cap and limited debt. 
The business is posting break-even results and not really bleeding cash. From a valuation perspective, the company currently trades at a premium multiple of about 35 times adjusted earnings or 19 times adjusted earnings after taking that huge cash position out. This is somewhat expensive for its segment and given its lack of same-store sales growth. If we look at multiples to FFO, the company trades at 11 times FFO or six times FFO after adjusting for net cash position. So relatively attractive valuations there. At present, the company is not issuing guidance on profitability moving forward as such. And given the negative 3.7% same store sales numbers in Q3, we would not buy Freshie. It is certainly a company we monitor with turnaround potential given its strong cash position and reasonable multiple to FFO. And really, and and we've talked about this before when it comes to restaurants or any type of uh, retail, brick and mortar retail locations, is that these companies are under pressure to increase their same store sales. If they're not generating positive same store sales, um, it, it doesn't matter if they're acquiring or opening new locations. They typically don't get a good multiple from from the market. Um, you know, another thing with Freshie, uh, although adjusted EBITDA was up 29%, you're still, it, it's up from a relatively low base. It went from 1.4 million yes. in, in adjusted EBITDA to 1.8. So I'm looking on a margin basis. Margins are pretty low here. Um, I've used, I've, I've, I've eaten there before as well. I wouldn't say it's, you know, a place that I necessarily feel any brand loyalty to after eating there but absolutely those two things need to be need need to be turned around positive same store sales and better margins yeah i mean i they're actually the supplier one of the main suppliers on air canada too as well and you know i've eaten their food on there it's decent um and you know hopefully they're trying to improve their offerings as well the, uh, the line item that we're going to monitor to see if there is a turnaround here is same store sales. If you could see uh, a positive uptick to significant, you know, relatively significant same store sales growth with that solid balance sheet, and if FFO increased, then it might be a potential turnaround situation, something that you might look at on a speculative situation. So that would be the no- the number that we would really be monitoring closely to see if it can uptake to positive same-store sales growth. Then we may have somewhat of a turnaround potential story here. So now let's look at our weekly star. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. 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 That would be Interjects Renewable Energy, Inc., symbol I-N-E on the TSX. Brennan, that one is yours. Thank you, Ryan. So, yes, uh, Interjects is currently trading uh, around $22 and has a market cap of $3 billion and a dividend yield of around 3.15%. So, as their name suggests, Interjects Renewable Energy is a developer, owner, and operator of run-of-river hydroelectric facilities, wind, energy, and solar farms in North America. Uh, Interjects conducts operations in Canada, the United States, France, and Chile, and manages a large portfolio of assets currently consisting of interests in 68 operating facilities with an aggregate net installed capacity of around 2,600 megawatts, uh, including 37 hydroelectric facilities, 26 wind farms, and five solar farms. Now, the stock was up around 16.5% this week and up 30% year to date. Uh, The share price has been driven by 
Um, some some recent news here, uh, an announcement that Hydro Quebec uh, would be investing 661 million for nearly a 20% stake in Interjects, uh, and the companies also established a strategic alliance. So under the terms of the deal, Hydro Quebec has initially committed 500 million to develop power projects with Interjects, and they expect to combine expertise in renewable energy and build on their strengths to accelerate their development in North America, Latin America, and Europe. So now, taking a look at the company's financial results, this is for Q3 2019, revenue increased 23% to $143 million compared to the same quarter last year. Adjusted EBITDA improved 28% to $107 million. 12 trailing month free cash flow increased around 2% year over year to $100 million. And their payout ratio is uh, approximately 93% of free cash flow, which is pretty high. Okay, so now looking at the company's balance sheet, they have a net debt position of $4.3 billion and a net debt to adjusted EBITDA multiple of 10.4 times, which is very high. Usually for utilities companies, we like to see the net debt to EBITDA multiple around five times or under. Uh, and on a current valuation basis, the company has a trailing enterprise value to adjusted EBITDA multiple of around 17 times and a price to free cash flow multiple over 30 times, which I believe right now indicates the company is fairly valued to slightly overvalued. Now, I personally love the renewable energy space as it is hot right now, but we are valuating the company, not the sector they operate in. Interjects has shown decent growth in its financials, but it is highly leveraged and doesn't seem to offer much value at present. Its new strategic alliance with Hydro-Quebec seems promising going forward, but Interjects is not currently a company that Keystone is recommending to clients right now, as we like a few other names in the renewable energy space that are showing more investment potential. Uh, we will continue to monitor the stock going forward, but its recent share price performance after its alliance with Hydro-Quebec make it our star of the week. Excellent. Uh, I actually have some some background knowledge on Interjects because I've been following this company for several years, um, doing an analysis of it from time to time. And I think you made some very good points there, Brennan. The the debt I found the debt always to be very high. Um, I've I've found the the valuation as well generally to be relatively high. And I've not really seen the company historically produce um, very attractive growth on a per share basis. So in the past, for years, we've preferred Algonquin Power. Um, we've had a standing recommendation on that company for about six or seven years, and it's performed absolutely amazing. I mean, I think that we initially recommended it at about um, six or seven dollars, um, potentially even less. It was a while ago, and it's up now at about twenty-one dollars. It's paid a dividend um, over that entire time, and it's grown that dividend. So it's been it's been a real winner for our clients uh, right now with the big run-up. Um, in renewable stocks, I would say that you know Algonquin as well is looking um, a little is looking more pricey than it has in the past. But we do have another standing current recommendation right now in our dividend stock research on a renewable power producer um, that is growing, um, and we're also doing research and are potentially coming out with a new recommendation over the next week or two on another company um, that operates in the renewable power space. So if anybody wants to know who those two companies are, then become a client. Yeah, I think that's a good tease because uh, the standing recommendation right now, which is a standing buy that we actually reiterated our buy on the company in December in that segment, 
certainly has a lower valuation uh, profile than uh, Interjects does. Paid a better dividend, and um, you know we expect you know better growth even in the second half of this year. Uh, it's actually outperformed in Interjects, although we have Interjects as a star this week. If you look at year to date on the company we're talking about, it's significantly outperformed that. So, uh, it, and you know, Aaron is looking at another company in that segment as well. Uh, there is has been a real bid up on these clean and alternative energy producers, and we're trying to find value in the segment with growth as well. So. Uh, we've already invested in a couple of companies in this segment, but we continue to search and see if we can find value. Uh, and uh, I think we identified at least one to start this year, and we may have another that we uh, release on. So finally, we're going to get to our weekly dog from our Stars and Dog segment. It's time for this week's dog. <laughs> It is Lightspeed POS Inc. LSPD on the TSX. Aaron, that is yours. Excellent. So Lightspeed POS, um, current price of $37.60 approximately. It has a $3.2 billion market cap. And what they do is Lightspeed is, provides an omni-channel commerce-enabling software platform for small and medium-sized businesses. So what this software does is it provides Lightspeed's customers with the functionality to engage with their own consumers, manage their operations, accept payments, and essentially grow their business. Lightspeed sells its platform in over 100 countries around the world. The company has seen its share price drop about 12% over the last five trading days. This decline was precipitated by the release of its Q3, uh, fiscal Q3 2020 financial results, which went out on February 6th. I believe that the stock dropped about 15% after the financial results. Um, previous to these, the release of these results, Lightspeed stock did have a very strong, albeit volatile, run, and it's up over 100% over the last 12 months. So what's going on here? Is this pullback an opportunity for investors or is it a sign of more trouble to come for Lightspeed? Well, let's take a look at the at the Q3 results. Uh, revenue was up 61% to 32.2 million. The company reported recurring software revenue of 28.4 million, which was up 58%. Adjusted EBITDA was a loss of 5.3 million and the company burnt through cash of 10.7 million. So negative cash flow from operations of 10.7 million. Lightspeed did provide guidance for Q4 2020. They're expecting revenue growth for the quarter between 64 and 68% year over year. This would bring the full year revenue to approximately 120 million or growth of 55%. And adjusted EBITDA for the fourth quarter is expected to be a loss of 7 million. The balance sheet is strong with $126 million in cash, and Lightspeed now services over 74,000 customers worldwide, which is an increase from 47,000 a year ago. Um, this increase also includes approximately 8,000 customers, which were acquired due to the acquisition of GastroFix in January 2020. I think that Lightspeed has some attractive characteristics such as revenue and customer growth and a solid balance sheet. However, this isn't a stock that Keystone would be ready to pull the trigger on and recommend. It really comes down to profitability of which Lightspeed doesn't have any. 
The company burned through over 10 million in cash flow in its most recent quarter, and it's expecting negative EBITDA um, in its upcoming quarter. If you don't care about profitability as an investor, then Lightspeed might be something to take a further look at. Um, it does have that nice cash balance, so it certainly has some runway um, whereby it can continue to lose money for a couple of years um, before it really gets into trouble. But right now, the company is yet to prove a profitable business model, and that's a minimum criteria for Keystone. So we'll continue to monitor the company, but we wouldn't suggest taking any positions at this time. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting business, uh, I mean, high growth business. A lot of the growth is coming via acquisition, but, you know, it's a growth business. They have the SaaS model that the market likes, and we definitely like Um we just need and we require that a company be profitable before we make an investment in it. Uh, we have seen number of companies in the past in a variety of different industries increase revenues but never really increase profitability on a per share basis or produce significant profitability. They can go up in the short term. Over the long term, those businesses don't do well. I'm not at all suggesting that is going to happen with Lightspeed, but we just have a model of a company and a profile of a company that we look for our clients uh, to include as one of 15 to 25 stocks in their portfolio. And if the company does not match that criteria, we do not bend that criteria just to put them in the portfolio. So uh, it's a strict criteria that we use, and we believe it serves us well. It has historically, and we believe it'll uh, serve us well going forward for every company that you know, promises the world and continues to have high revenue growth, uh, but doesn't produce profitability and actually succeeds. There's uh, a higher proportion of companies that do not. So that's why we do not bend our criteria to include companies, even if we find them interesting, tantalizing, and very appealing. Uh, they're not going to get in the portfolio if they don't match that criteria. Hopefully that makes sense. Any further comments, guys? I'll just say that this is also a way that we that we manage risk is by having this yeah. criteria. Um, you know, you're, you are going to miss some stocks from time to time, but... You're going to miss a lot of uh, situations where you will lose money as well if you if you bend that criteria. Yeah, I agree completely, and that's why we're trying to manage risk. And it's it, I think it's the best way to do it, sticking to a disciplined approach. Uh, you're free to add a company like Lightspeed to your portfolio uh, until it hits profitability, and we see a relatively reasonable price to buy off that profitability. Uh, it won't be included in our portfolio, and we'll stick to that criteria going forward so that's going to close out our show this week we thank everybody for listening thank your questions for coming in for our your stock our take segment uh you can keep your questions into our ask us anything segments as well uh, i'd like to thank my co-host brennan and aaron for co-hosting with me and wish all our listeners and clients out there profitable investing profitable investing thank you <laughs>